Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 140. And a half. And a half. But you know, <laughs> but, we shouldn't say half because we never really make up the other half. Oh, yeah. It just gets lost in space. It's So it's 140. It's 140 full stop. Full stop. And you'll love it. Good number. It's <laughs> a nice round number. I like 140. Yeah. Jen. It's a quickie episode. It's a quickie episode. Uh, because I am, well, just because it's our schedule. I, we yeah. told you what it was going to be, and now this is what it's going to be. No apologies. Uh, no apologies. <laughs> we are um, – we're like Nirvana, right? Yeah. Okay. I was actually <laughs> – for some reason in my – Nirvana's good, yes. In my head, I was like picturing those like 80s jeans that said like no apologies across the butt. What? Yeah. Did I imagine those? I mean, no that apologies. sounds like a – that sounds like a jeans. fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I did. Maybe I just haven't – I haven't made them yet. <laughs> Ooh, well, everything's coming back around, Jen. My claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> no apology. Oh my God, I hope I didn't make that up or it sounded like the biggest idiot. <laughs> Can I Google it really quick? Google it. Oh, Get on the Googles. No. You know what Jeez. I'm going to do? Come back. I'm going to do, I'm going to make girls wearing boxer shorts with like puffy paint, whatever. Did you ever do that? Like, plain men's boxer shorts and wear them as shorts. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And With then, like the open hole yeah. the crotch area. Uh-huh. Shoot it. <laughs> oh yeah. Why? Why did we do there that? There is a jeans company called No Apologies. Okay. Told good, good, good. you. Okay. <laughs> I think they're only available right now in the Philippines, but they did exist. Okay. <laughs> uh well I'll you know what? I can't wait till your next birthday. Because I know what I'm getting you. June twelfth, baby. No apologies. <laughs> right, ac- right across the butt. <laughs> I'm gonna. You're gonna be a whole new gen. You're gonna be wearing big old huge hoops, <laughs> high bangs. No apologies on your ass. Like a crop top right up under like your boobs. Like a juicy couture. <laughs> some sweat. Uh, I'm gonna give Soup. you some like clear stripper he- heels. It's gonna be a whole thing. It's gonna be a whole Heck new yeah. you. Jen O'Neill is fucking banging. <laughs> Jen O'Neill wears, wears clear stripper heels. Oh, God, if only. <laughs> um, hey, Jen, can you hear the ocean? Nope. Because I'm hear- at the ocean. I know you are. <laughs> I just want to – I was just asking because I wanted to brag. I'm at Jekyll Island, which is uh, a gorgeous island. <laughs> like, I don't know how – it's an island in, off, in Georgia, on Georgia. Outside Near of Georgia. 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 I think it's considered Georgia. Isn't it, it is considered Georgia. Okay. They they still consider this part of the United States of America. Um, but yeah, we're here for it is Ben's spring break, and we're here with his parents, and uh, we have a lovely oceanfront condo uh, nice. that I had no hand in paying for, and, nice. uh, and yeah, it's really uh, really great. So nice. That's awesome. Are you sleeping with like the windows open? To be mm. lulled to sleep by the ocean. I have not done that, but I should. Too cold? Too, uh, I don't know that there are screens on these windows, if I'm being totally honest. 
woman that hiked the Appalachian. <laughs> she can't open a window and endure some ocean breeze. There's so many bugs. So <laughs> this is bugs after bugs. Uh, how was your week, Jen? I'm pretty good. Had a couple of sick kids earlier in the week, but uh, they made it through. I it was allergies. I knew it was. Yeah, but you just have to be careful with COVID. You yeah, keep them home, get them tested. Mm-hmm. But allergies, man. Allergies, man. It is a whole thing. It is. Um, all right. Well, listen. Now that we're talking about the weather and allergies, let's get into our quickies. This is a mess. <laughs> this is a mess. I apologize, everyone. Just. Turn this up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. I know I have talked to you before about the Reddit forum, Am I the Asshole? Oh, yes. It's like chef's kiss. It is. Because usually, yes. <laughs> usually, yes. Okay. But I have found some really great ones where Reddit said, these people were not the assholes. And I really? want to get, yes, huh. I want to get your, these are all somewhat relationship based. And I want to get your take on these. I think we should decide asshole, not asshole. Love this. I love this for us. <laughs> I love this for us. I could just decide whether somebody's an asshole all day long. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So this one says, um, I got an, I got the idea a few weeks ago to prank my friends by by pretending to be an appletarian, meaning somebody who only eats food products that are derived from apples and would drink <laughs> apple juice or apple cider. I told them all that I read on the internet that eating only apples was the healthiest thing for them. When I first told them, they thought I was joking, but they underestimated how committed I would be to the joke. So whenever in the presence of my friends or friends of friends, coworkers, etc., who knew them, I was very careful to only be seen eating apples or drinking <laughs> apple juice and cider apples whole apples diced apple sauce the inside of an apple pie baked apples candy apples with chocolate shaved off etc oh my god finally after about a week they thought i had become an appletarian they started giving me information about how unhealthy it was to only eat apples and were growing increasingly exasperated by it some of them even got angry but i wanted to stick with the joke finally at the end of three weeks i walked into what i was told was a movie night but was actually an intervention for me Shit. <laughs> so they were all super concerned about my well-being and had all sorts of information um, or whatever. Finally, I started laughing hysterically. They were confused as hell, so I told them I'd been faking it the whole time and had been eating real meals without their knowledge. I even took out some beef jerky from my pants pocket to prove it and munched it. I thought they'd appreciate the joke, but they actually were really annoyed. My girlfriend even broke up with me over this because a few days ago I had ruined our date night when I told the waiter I only wanted apples because I was an appletarian and had embarrassed her for the dumb joke. In my opinion, the joke was solid and they should appreciate my commitment to the prank, but did I go too far? No, I love this person. No. And if, this, if she didn't laugh at that joke, she's not for you. Because exactly. that is so fucking funny and I would like, bow down yes you know you and i both like you do it all for the joke there's like there's no amount of money i wouldn't spend on a joke (laughs) there's no (laughs) length i wouldn't go for the perfect joke i know and i'm like and this isn't this this isn't like 
nobody's being hurt in this prank. It's not mean-spirited. It is all silly and funny, and I love it so much. So do I. And do you know what's so funny is that actually is a thing. Not Appletarian, but I remember my sister, when she was a raw foodist, I remember there's like even a – an even more extreme version of that to where you only eat like one thing. It's called mono mealing. So uh-huh. it's you so it's like you only eat bananas, like 17 bananas it's so, at, so at once. Or crazy like pants. <laughs> a plate of cucumbers. And I guess the the principle behind that or the notion behind that was that like back in the day when you were a monkey, you would only get <laughs> You would only have access to a pile of cucumbers Uh or like a pile of apples. And so that's what you would eat. So that's why our bodies really just want – it's insane. It's It's insane. insane, It's all insane. people do it. I mean, I'm listening to – there's the latest maintenance phase is all about there's a all-beef diet. Yeah. Have you heard that where people only have water? I actually know somebody that is – And beef. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. And salt. And that's it. This person swears by it. It is insane. That yeah. is insane. Like I just can't. I mean, any time you are eating, restricting your eating in any way, of course you're going to lose weight. But it is right. not good for your insides. <laughs> it's so bad. No, like I in the long imagine. run, it's like you are. Oh, anyway. So I thought that was. I thought that one was very funny. Okay, here's the next one. Um, okay, so this person asked. Uh, so it said new relationship. Two weeks in, all the cuddles and long phone calls and romance one can enjoy. We had sex for the first time last night, and I kept being distracted by the small vial hanging from his neck containing his cremated mother's ashes. Oh. I don't like it, but he told me he always wears it. I don't know if I should bring it up or not. Would I be the asshole if I asked him to take it off occasionally, including during sex? Ah. All right, and then there was an update. So they said, I brought it up last night. He listened. He's a good listener. I told him that I'm not asking for him to do or change anything. The last thing I wanted is to cause him pain or discomfort, and I just wanted to communicate how I felt. He sort of rolled his eyes. He did not respond. It made me really nervous. But then as we made out, he tucked it inside his shirt because he noticed I got distracted when I accidentally bumped it. It was not a fun topic, but we got through it. By the way, we're three weeks into the relationship now. Wish me luck. That's great. It's all about communication. <laughs> I mean, you can't I, – I I understand. I understand being 100% like uncomfortable uh-huh. with knocking into some dead mom ashes right. while you're having sex. But I also understand I don't being the person who's like, I can't not wear off. this. I am yeah. grieving. So – yeah. As, as Reddit decided, there was no assholes there. So it sounded like, you know, good communication. Good for you guys. I hope yeah. I hope you guys made it. That makes me happy that Reddit said there's no assholes because that's how I was feeling. Yeah. Like and it's so, just – it's like a – it's a hard situation. validating. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, you're right. Your instincts are right. <laughs> Let me keep telling you that. Your instincts are right. Okay. Here's the next one. Am I the asshole for jumping out of a bathroom window to avoid my mom's attempt at forcing a reunion between me and my ex-fiance? Some backstory. I've been dating my ex-fiance, Sarah, for four years. We've been planning to get married in November 2020, but I found out at the start of this month that she cheated on me. She begged me to give her another chance, but I broke it off. The problem was that being cheated on is, in my mind, completely emasculating 
embarrassing and humiliating, so I never told anyone that that was the reason we broke up. For obvious reasons, Sarah also didn't tell all the people we broke up because she cheated. So people have blamed me for the breakup, including my mom. They just see that I dumped her out of the blue. I've gone very strict no contact with her after discovering she was cheating on me. Sarah has been talking with my mom and has convinced her if we could talk one more time, we'll be able to reconcile. My mom has been applying hardcore pressure to talk to Sarah, but I explained there's no chance we'll ever get back together. So tonight, I go over to my mom's place because she's hosting family for Christmas Eve. I'm there for a Sorry, I'm there for a bit talking with my aunts and uncles and cousins, and the doorbell rings, and I can see it's Sarah. I ask, what the fuck is going on? And my mom says she invited Sarah so we can work this out in the spirit of the co- of the holidays. I'm pissed now because the only way to explain my side is to tell everyone I was cheated on. Complete mm-hmm. humiliation in front of my whole family. So as my mom goes to get the front door, I go to the bathroom. My mom starts knocking on the door saying I need to come out and talk to my ex like an adult. I say, fuck it, kick the window screen and get in my car and go home. My mom called a short while ago saying she's cutting off ties with me over my behavior. Oh, my God. And that Sarah will always be like a child to her. My sister called me to read me out for ruining Christmas. I broke down and told her that Sarah cheated on me, which is why I dumped her, and I didn't want to see her under any circumstances. She called me a big asshole for lying to cover for myself. Am I really in the wrong? I don't think so. I'm with him. I'm with him. Yeah. I think that's out of line for his mom to get involved. Yeah. Nobody needs to know all of the ins and outs of people's relationships and why they do and do not work. It's not up to them. It's up to the people. And I I think that was out of line for them to ambush him like that. I mean, I think it's really he doesn't owe it to anybody to to tell them the reason why. Like it's telling that like if if you're whatever, son or daughter's girlfriend or boyfriend goes behind their back and talks to you to try to manipulate a meeting. Like, obviously, there is something in their relationship that's wrong. Like, going to the mom to be like, please, just I want to see him to give me one more chance. Like, no. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think think the mom's the asshole. The girl's the asshole. He's right for jumping out of window. Host your own Christmases with your real (laughs) friends. Did I think I've told the story in the podcast about my friend who was like we were he he was like going to a dance with some girl like a sorority dances in college and um and we were all like drinking beforehand in his room and and he had been to Amsterdam and so broke out this absinthe it uh-huh. all like brought back absinthe so he's drinking this absinthe and apparently it just made him go crazy. And so he got to this, the like pre-party at this dance and freaked out, jumped out a window. And then we, he came back, like he was like back at his apartment, like an hour later. And we're like, what happened? He was like, I don't know. And then we get a call from the girl and she was like, he just fucking jumped out a window and ran home. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't happen when I drink absinthe. No, me neither. I just was like. Yeah, maybe you just didn't pour it over sugar. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, I think this is the last one. Okay. 
Okay, so I got 21, a 21-year-old guy, live with my childhood best friend, 22-year-old, also a guy, and have done so for, for two years now. Up until last week, things were perfect between us. However, he recently got a new girlfriend, 23-year-old lady, and she honestly seems absolutely great, except for one thing. She seemingly has a complete aversion to knocking. She and I have quite a lot in common, and I actually like spending time with her. However, it bugs the hell out of me that she just barges into my room without knocking first. Now, she's never walked in on me doing anything untoward. I'm usually just chilling in my bed or studying at my desk. However, on at least seven separate occasions now, she's done it first thing in the morning to ask if I want coffee. I sleep naked. Every time prior to the last one, I've been under the covers and she hasn't seen anything. I always point out that she could have, and she just giggles and says, but I didn't. When she stayed over last week in order to make my point, I intentionally slept on top of the covers. Sure enough, she barges in at 7 a.m., begins to ask if I want coffee, and sees my you-know-what. She immediately backed out of the room and didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. My mate later pulled me aside and said I was bang out of order, accused me, oh, I should have been reading this in like a... British a accent. British accent. What are you doing, Sally? <laughs> oh, no. Now I don't think I can get into it. <laughs> um, accused me of deliberately exposing myself, pointing out that I threatened to do it before. I literally just said, okay, what if I had no covers and you saw everything before? They're now framing this to others as if I'm some sort of sick creep who intentionally got naked and lay in wait for her because that's how I got my rocks off. And I'm kind of oh seeing how it came off that way. Am I the asshole for doing this? And then later he clarifies that he is he's gay. So he's like, it's not, I even more was not trying to come on to her. Right. So what do you think? I think first of all, the thing that got me the most out of the story was that he's 21, right? Yeah. And I love that they're calling like the 23-year-old like a 23-year-old lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like this old bag. A 23-year-old. But I guess she's cool. It's like it's such a 21-year-old dude thing to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the girl is definitely the, the lady, the old bag. Yeah, the old bag. <laughs> she's definitely in the wrong for yeah. not respecting his boundaries. Yes. Um I could see him wanting to teach her a lesson. Yeah. And he was in his room. He was in his own room. He, he was, was in his own room. I don't think. Yeah. It's not like he was like laying out on the couch naked and was like, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like she busted It was in her his room fault. And he proved a time. point. He yeah. proved a point. It's a violation towards him for her yeah. to walk into his room. And I think he proved that point. So I think she's the asshole. She's the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the asshole. All right. Well, we yeah. agree with well, Reddit. Well, we go. Oh, Reddit said the same thing. See, Reddit I, the same. I feel very validated. <laughs> we could we could be redditors. I, Let's get on Reddit. Could. <laughs> um, well, that's all of mine. I love those. I love not the asshole. Makes me happy. Good one, dude. Thanks, Anne. Okay, so my quickies this week. I have two back to back because they're they're so similar and they happen right around the same time. All right, it's really crazy. Um, so one just happened. So one is from a New York Post article written by Kaylee Puglisi. Anna Perlman, who is a homeowner in uh, Richmond, Virginia, 
was doing her spring cleaning. Have you done your spring cleaning yet? <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I'm preparing for it. Uh, <laughs> every year we make a big list and we spend weeks and weeks spring cleaning. I try to, I put in my calendar, like every Sunday, like um, a place to, like I put like basement, uh-huh. um, you know, um, kids' closets, blah, 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 trying to make a point of like, I'm not going to try to do it all at once. I'm just going to like put these in, just do that one area on this day. But really, it has just confused the hell out of me. I'm looking at my calendar like, what the fuck Why is backyard? Why do you have a basement on here? <laughs> this is creepy. What is this kid's in my closet? Phone? Am I performing at somewhere called the kid's closet? <laughs> Who books this? <laughs> Who books donations? I don't know. Um, but anyway, so uh, she was spring cleaning her house when she ended up finding um, a, like a hidden door that was part of her attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love hidden doors. Yes. So it was a panel and it, apparently it didn't need a key. It was just like latched together with a simple latch. But she opened up this panel and inside she found two boxes stuffed full of hundreds of handwritten love letters from no. um, that were sent to um, a woman named Betty Sue and it was written by a man named Vance. So she started to read the letters and she said that she was amazed with how grammatically correct all of the sentences were. <laughs> she was like, oh my god, it's full sentences. She said there was no SMHs or OMGs or LOLs. (laughs) But when she read through them, she could tell that it was someone named Vance that was smitten with someone named Betty who he had met at John Marshall High School. All the letters were written in cursive. And she said that the whole contents of all of the letters just spelled out their entire love story. Wow. Um, Yeah. Like um, the letters read things like, hi, honey, how's my baby getting along when we're not together? I know just the right words that I would use in telling you everything. But when we're together, all I can think of is I love you. <gasps> Isn't that so sweet? So she, so she started reading all of these letters and then she was like, you know, I feel like this is kind of an invasion of their privacy. Yeah. You know, but she but she was like, I feel like these need to go to someone that um, like uh, they need to go to them or someone in their family. So the because these letters were actually written 70 years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's why that makes sense. Then (laughs) why there's (laughs) why they're so nice to Uh each other. Um, So she ended up um, turning to social media to find who like a potential relative could be that she could pass them on to. And within just a few days, she found a bunch of leads and she found someone named Dalton Long who lived 3,000 miles away in Portland, Oregon. 30-year-old Dalton wrote her back and let her know that uh, Betty and Vance were actually his grandparents. (gasps) Yeah. And he was able to confirm that not only did they eventually exchange vows and get married, but they were married for over 50 years. Oh, yay. He said, to me, they were B and Pop, but to the rest of the world, they were Betty McGee Long and Vance Herschel Long. B Um, and Pop. And he said, to add words to that time... I know. He said to add words to that time and their life is going to be incredible. He grew up in um, that Virginia home, actually. So oh, like really? he grew up in that house that she lives in, that Anna Perlman lives in. But he said that he never knew anything about the letters. So his mother ended up picking the letters up from Anna Perlman and, um, there, and is sending the letters to him in Oregon. So... No word yet on if he's gotten the letters or what he thinks, but it's just so nice that they were like reunited with her grandson. Oh, I love that. 
I love that's that. So and I love that they're married. And, oh. so I, I know. So I got another one. Okay. So this one, yeah. So this is another story that happened just around the same time um, on March 2nd. And this is an article for Fox 5 Atlanta. It happened right here. And it was written by uh, Denise Dillon. Okay. But this is a crazy story. But um, so oh, Hadi Gelhausen, who lives here in Atlanta, found more than 100 love letters that were written decades ago. And now she's trying to find out who they belong to. It was hundreds of pages of letters, pictures, and telegrams that she found. And there was an entire stack of carefully handwritten love letters. And where she found the, le- the love letters were in her car. What? Yeah, because um, a week before, her car was stolen outside of her house in Ormwood Park. Really? I mean, that's not surprising. (laughs) Well, yeah. So then when police found it just a couple of miles away, so from somewhere from like point A to B, just a couple of miles away, I guess like someone had stolen a bunch of items from somebody's houses or someone's home. So when it was filled with all things, a bunch of things that didn't belong to her, she said it was all kinds of random stuff, like dog bowls, vases, new drawings even. Um, (laughs) And so it said, she said that it looked like their car was used for a string of smash and grabs and a joyride until it ran out of gas because that's how the, um, the car ended up stopping. But among the random items, they found all of these telegrams and letters that were written to Barbo from somebody whose name appears to be Pony. And um, most, <laughs> yeah, most of the letters are um, from London or Chelsea. And they were all signed by somebody named Keith. Hattie told Fox 5 Atlanta, I do love how he signs them. Three handfuls of love, Keith. Which is always his signature at the end. Isn't that so cute? Three handfuls of love. And so there are even some newspaper clippings from 1957 of one man. And they're trying to find out who this man is. And they think maybe it's Keith. So she put it out into social media and she's hoping that somebody recognizes the letters or the telegram or the picture of this person. So um, Hattie said they're special to someone and they should have them back. So I really hope that they end up being reunited with the people who these belong to or maybe their family. But it's a wild week of found love letters. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. That's so crazy that like somehow in between like stealing her car and then it being found, they also stole. I mean, somebody is, somebody got robbed and is missing their love letter. So they got to find Yeah. Maybe it's just like a big message. Let's, let's all bring back love letters. Let's get off social media. Let's write some love letters. Let's make a new art form. All right. Listeners. Everybody, write a love letter. Write a love letter. Or just like a nice text, whatever. And then hide it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Don't actually give it to the person. Hide it somewhere. They'll never find it. (laughs) Do you ever do like a time capsule when you were a kid? Uh, For school, but I never like did one at my house or anything. No. we oh did what my, my friend Joy and I did one at her house that she then in, like immediately moved from. So it's been like, I mean, of course that was, we were like 12 and we just put in, we made tapes of us talking. Oh, that's so And cool. we're like, this is, um, this is what, <laughs> this is like, what's cool now. We played New Kids on the Block. We had pictures of, I mean, it was so like 11 year 
Oh, girl, I love like that. shit. It was pictures from Teen Beat of Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and and then we went up into her attic and we hid a map to where how goonies of you. To wear the like, yeah, to wear the box. I I still wonder if anybody's ever found it. Oh my god. So like <laughs> it's still out there. Maybe. <gasps> I don't know. Oh my god, let's goonies that shit and find it. I mean, it was more than 30 years ago, so <laughs> Who knows? Chester Copperpot. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I do remember that when I moved from Long Island to Georgia, my friend Anthony's family actually bought our house. Oh, really? And so when I was leaving, I just like a throwaway comment as a joke to Anthony. And I was like, yeah, I left you a letter hidden under one of the rugs. Like totally kidding. <laughs> and then like the next time I came back to visit, because back then, you know, we didn't have cell phones. It was yeah. all like letters or phone calls. But Anthony and I weren't that close to where we talked on the phone. So whenever I came back to visit, um, Anthony was like, I ripped up every carpet that where did you put that letter and I was like oh my god I was kidding your poor parents but I remember him being like such a troublemaker kid that they were probably just like fucking Anthony Anthony (laughs) I know but I was like oh my god I was totally kidding I wish I had written him a letter see I should have I don't know maybe you should write him a letter now where's Anthony now probably still waiting for that letter tearing up carpets Probably. <laughs> uh, waiting for a letter from old Jenny O'Neill. Yeah. Did you go by Jenny then? Um, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. I guess like everybody <laughs> called me Jenny. Jenny Benny. <laughs> Jenny. That's with the New York accent. You have to yeah. say it like that. Jenny. 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 <laughs> um, okay. Hey, well, I have uh, – you just did kind of love stories, but I do have a love story to end on. Great. Okay, this is from the New York Times uh, Mini Vows. Mm-hmm. And this, I just thought this was um, a sweet, and I think it's it's kind of funny because I, you and I were talking about, I mean, we have talked about uh, dating apps and now you've used them a little bit and we've talked about how like confusing, like what is what is a super like? What it, what is whatever? <laughs> um, so this is a story about somebody who didn't know what a super like was and it ended up finding the person that he was going to marry. So, um, okay. So Dr. R. Everett Frakes had just gotten divorced from his wife of 32 years in November of 2020. And he says that he knew he was gay since he was a teenager, but it took him like decades to publicly share that. So, you know, at this point, like he was 60 years old and just finding his way as a gay man, you know, in the community. And so he was going to a therapist and the therapist was like, well, why don't you try dating you know you've never dated a man like you're mm-hmm. divorced try it out like you're free go do it so he signed up on uh february 7th super bowl sunday in 2021 apparently when you sign up you get like 10 introductory matches like they're like hey out of this we think these are 10 matches that'll work for you and he said that this one guy tony harrelson's profile stood out for him so Dr. Frikes, he goes by R. Um, he said a like, and but he thought, but apparently he hit super like, which he had no idea what it was. Like, <laughs> this is his first time ever. Tony had been dating a long time. He was 57 years old. He said he was like, he describes himself as like a one date person. He's like, basically, I have like no tolerance for any bad date. He's like, I will leave in the middle of one. He actually says if when he would go on a date and someone would pull out a cell phone, 
like it's his total pet peeve and he would mm-hmm. go are you on the organ procurement list like basically like i'm gonna kill you oh <laughs> i did he said i didn't have the time or patience but he said that he got this super like and he was like well i owe it to this guy to open it tony is a nurse um and he lives in raleigh north carolina and um r is a pediatrician also in raleigh when tony looked at arl's <laughs> profile, he was like, I figured if nothing else, like this guy will be a good friend. So he messaged R and later they like they exchanged phone numbers and they started a chat. So they just, you know, they started like just talking about growing up in rural areas. And um, they both of their families were local farmers. They, they both of their, both of them were the first in their families to go to college. Um, And so they had decided to meet on Valentine's Day, but by the time that they tried to like book a restaurant, everything was booked up. Uh-huh. And and so instead they virtually watched the romantic classic uh, An Affair to Remember, like Aww. just watched it together, but apart. And so then they finally met up the following Saturday and and Tony said he couldn't step out of his car fast enough to the parking lot. He said, we, before we met, I knew I loved him. Aww. So yeah, so he gave R a hug and then they kissed. And R said, that was the very first time I kissed a man. So it was like, that was it for them. They spent two weeks together and realized they did not want to be apart. So in March, like they met in in person in February. In March, they moved in together and started Whoa. talking about marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Tony said that they started, they made plans for the wedding five weeks after they met. And in May, R proposed at the Oceanic restaurant in Wrightsville Beach. And he said, I knew we had something very special. So they ended up getting married on December 4th in Chapel Hill. They had a small ceremony, um, including R's mother, who had flown in, and his son, Andrew, who was his best man. Of their relationship, R said, It's been a whirlwind and magical. Wow. I know. But can you believe that, like, I mean, how, you know, beyond, like, the fact that he was 60 and everything, like, his first match. I (laughs) I know. He accidentally super liked and now they're married. Good for him. (laughs) I know. I think that's amazing. I mean, that's, like, really the miracle of it all. It really is. Um, All right. Well, hey, let's do something dumb and something we love. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so my something dumb and something I love, kind of all together. Um, so last weekend, uh, Ben went out of town with a couple of friends, and they went backpacking. And so I was home with Max by myself, and I ended up taking like going to meet a couple of friends with their kids at Fernbank Museum, which is like a natural history museum by us. Um, and so I parked the car, and I've two Max and another little guy in in the car with us, and one of them opens the car door. <gasps> And dings the car next to us. Oh, no. Like a brand new white Subaru. And I can see inside the car that they have like a baby, like little kids because they have car seats. Of course, they're at Fermig Museum. Like, and, uh, and I'm just – and it was like no nobody's fault. It was an accident. It was a total accident. No, The kid didn't mean to do it. It was just – but just such a bummer. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, it's like – 10 in the morning, not the way I wanted to start my day. Um, and I'm trying to be like, obviously he feels bad about it. And I'm trying to like, be like, it's, it was just an accident, but I need you to like, I need to write a note, you know, and, and say that this happened and give my phone number and stuff because like, I can't, you know, 
we have to fix this. It's an it's an accident, but we right. have to fix it, right? And uh, and Max was like, but our car has like a ton of dings on it. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but this is our car. Like if it happened to my car, I wouldn't even notice, but like this is somebody's brand new car and I just gave them a task and they have a kid, right? So anyway, so that was like a huge bummer, right? And I just was like, oh, this is just, I just hate when things like that happen because you're like, it's just, you know, like it just, it's a ruiner for everybody's day and like money that nobody has or yeah. wants to spend. So then later that day, I get an, a text from the guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he says, hi, Sally. My name is blank. Um, I'm the owner of the Subaru you parked next to. First, I wanted to thank you for leaving a note. Accidents happen, just life. I will check with the body shop I used for a quote, which I was just like, man, thank you for being so cool about this. You just never know how somebody's going to take something like that. And I, I would understand if he was angry, right? Or she was angry, like it's a bummer. So, but then here's the thing that I love. So I just responded. and was like, yes, let me know as soon as you get a quote. I'm sorry again, et cetera. So um, then he just texted me today and said, hi, Sally, just wanted to let you know we got the car fixed. Don't worry about money. We have kids too and understand accidents happen. Just look at it as you put good karma out there by leaving a note. Oh my God. I know. That's amazing. <gasps> Isn't that amazing? Dude- I feel like with the exception of, you know, am I the asshole in the beginning, which is funny yeah. and great. This has been a really positive, amazing episode. And there were no, like there were no assholes. People being awesome. I know. You're right. There well, were no assholes. Well, mostly no assholes. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. I, I was I like- I love that. I mean, I, you know, I feel bad and I, I obviously we were prepared to pay for whatever, you know, we dinged his car. Because you're not an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Uh, It was just a really nice thing of him to be like, hey, I get it. Because more than, more than the money, I was just felt bad that I'm like giving somebody else, like I'm like making somebody else's day harder. And I'm like, all of our days are hard. You have a baby. I can see the car seat, right? Like I can see that you have little kids and I know how hard that is. And that just sucks with your brand new Subaru. Like, um, but I was very gracious. So, um, I hope whoever, like, I, I don't know this person, but I hope that, um, you know, I hope some good karma comes your way too. It will. Yeah. It will. They yeah. seem like really great people. Right? I was yeah. like, you yeah, must be raising real nice kids. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. So that's the thing I love. The thing dumb is, you know, that it was like, uh, it happened. And then the thing that I love is that the person that was just so nice about it. Mm-hmm. I guess if I have to say something that's dumb, I'd say um, the sick kids over the weekend. The yeah. Allergies and actually Louise's sickness was um allergies but also there was one uh, night it was saturday night we had um my friends uh krista and anna came over and it was so great because i hadn't seen uh, um, oh, so them fun. i know and i hadn't seen krista or her kids in so long and her kids are so cute we were her daughter was adorable and it was we were doing a little dance party and so then it turned somehow turned into like we all had like a dance party slash hula hoop yeah, party. And then the, my daughter ate like – she's the tiniest thing and she never eats that much pizza, but she ate like an entire 11-inch pizza yeah. and then was hula hooping her brains out. Oh, no. And then later that night, like I was, went to, I was sleeping and then Louise like came into my room and it was like – I don't feel good. Can I sleep in here? And I was like, yeah. And so she gets in the bed with me. The next thing I know, puke mm. 
everywhere. Oh, pizza, hula hoop, puke, everywhere. And my bedding is all white. Uh And then I go into the bathroom because then she like had run ran into the bathroom all over the shower curtain, all over the floor, (laughs) all over everything. And so like I spent the entire night uh, washing everything and cleaning everything. And she, but she like. I washed her up, cleaned her up. She went right back into her room, slept the whole rest of the night. She was fine. Yeah, yeah she was um, like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking it was something much worse. Um, yeah, because like, there's like a stomach bug going around. Yeah. Yeah, but thank God she was fine. I think it was just too much hula hooping and pizza. But uh, <laughs> that was just like the worst night of like no I, – I had already been like – burning the candle at both ends all week long. And I thought that was going to be my night to finally catch up on sleep. And then I ended up up all night long doing laundry and cleaning and scrubbing. And um, so that sucked. But, um, and then, yeah. And then two days later, my son was like, I don't feel good. And I was like, it never ends. But um, (laughs) you're like, stay away. (laughs) I know. No pizza. Thankfully, everybody's happy and healthy and good. Everybody's back to normal. So that's great. Um, I guess the thing that I love is um, my – I'm glad that they're feeling better and I'm glad that I got to see Christine, who I know listens to the podcast. I love you so much. Tell Rowie and Hank I said hi. Also, just wanted to say that I'm very excited. I just – I need to promote a show. Can I promote a show? (laughs) (laughs) You can do what you want. Promote your show. Uh, So I will be hosting at the Earl on March 22nd for Johnny Pemberton, who is an actor and comedian. Um, It's going to be really fun. Uh, It's March 22nd. It's a Tuesday night. I'm not normally out on a Tuesday, but you can find me there. Um, And it's going to be really fun. Katie Hughes and Caladel Chuthi will also be there. So please come on out to the Earl that night. That Um, is awesome. and, And I guess that's it. Okay. And I guess everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Everything's fine. It's totally great. great. Um, Cool. Well, you guys, I hope uh, hope you're having a great week. Uh, Reach out. You can find us at all the socials at Dumb Love Podcast. You can email us at dumblove at gmail.com. You could rate and review our podcast. We'd love that. Um, You can tell a friend, and that is what we'd love the most. Tell a friend about Dumb Love, and, uh, and we love you guys so much. We do. We love you so much. And don't forget to get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum da dum 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 da dum da dum da dum dum da dum 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 da dum da dum